only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pleasure that my words had enraged him. Before either of us had devised our next remark, the stage pulled up to change horses at the first and last water in 40 miles. This station was kept by Mr. Adams, and I jumped out to see the man, Mr. Mowry had warned me, was not an inexperienced juniper. His appearance would have drawn few but missionaries to him, and I should think would have been warning enough to any but an over-trustful child of six. "'Are you the geologist?' he said at once, coughing heavily, and when I told him I was simply enjoying a holiday, he looked at me sharply and spat against the corner of the stable. "'There's one of them fellers expected,' he continued, in a tone as if I need not attempt to deny that, and I felt his eye watching for signs of geology about me. I told him that I imagined the geologist must do an active business in Arizona. "'I don't hire him,' he exclaimed. "'They can't tell me nothing about mineral.' I suppose you have been here a long while, Mr. Adams? There's just three living that come in ahead of—the cough split his last words in pieces. Mr. Mowry was saying last night, You've seen that old scamp, have you? By his mine behind Helen's dome? My mirth at this turned him instantly confidential, and rooted his conviction that I was a geologist. That's right, said he, tapping my arm. Don't you let him fool you. I guess you know your business. Now, if you want to look at good-paying rock, thousands in sight, in sight, mind you. Are you coming along with us? called the little Meekum driver, and I turned and saw the new team was harnessed and he ready on his box, with the reins in his hands. So I was obliged to hasten from the disappointed Adams and climb back in my seat. The last I saw of him he was standing quite still in the welter of stable-muck, stooping to his cough, the desert sun beating on his old body, and the desert wind slowly turning the windmill above the shadeless mud-hovel in which he lived alone. "'Poor old devil,' said I to my enemy, half forgetting our terms in my contemplation of Adams, "'is he a Mormon?' My enemy's temper seemed a little improved. He's tried most everything except jail, he answered, his voice still harsh. You needn't invest your sentiment there. He used to hang out at Twenty Mile in old Camp Grant days, and he'd slit your throat for fifty cents. But my sentiment was invested somehow. The years of the old-timers were ending so gray. 
their heyday and carousals and happy-go-luckiness all gone, and in the remaining hours, what? Empty youth is such a grand, easy thing, and empty age so grim. Has Mowry tried everything, too? I asked. Including jail, said my companion, and gave me many entertaining incidents of Mowry's career with an ill-smelling saloon cleverness that put him once more into favorable humor with me, while I retained my opinion of him. And that uneducated sot, he concluded, that hobo with his record of cattle-stealing and claim-jumping, and his acquittal from jail through railroad influence, actually undertook to run against me last elections. My name is Jenks, Luke Jenks, territorial delegate from Arizona. He handed me his card. I'm just from Washington, said I. Well, I've not been there this session. Important law business has detained me here. Yes, they backed Mowry in that election. The old spittoon had quite a following, but he hadn't the cash. That gives you some idea of the low standards I have to combat. But I hadn't to spend much. This territory's so poor they come cheap. Seventy-five cents a head for all the votes I wanted in Bisbee, Nogales, and Yuma. And up here the bishop was my good friend. Holding office booms my business some, and that's why I took it, of course. But I've had low standards to fight. The territorial delegate now talked freely of Arizona's frontier life. It's all dead, he said, forgetting in his fluency what he had told me about Seven Mile Mesquite and last October. We have a community as high-toned as any in the land. Our monumental activity—and here he went off like a cuckoo clock, or the boy orator, reciting the glories of Phoenix and Salt River, and the future of Silver— in that special dialect of platitudes which is spoken by our more talkative statesmen, and is not quite Latin, quite grammar, or quite falsehood. We're not all Maoris and Adamses, said he, landing from his flight. In a population of fifty-nine thousand, said I heartily, a stranger is bound to meet decent people if he keeps on. Again he misinterpreted me, but this time the other way, bowing like one who acknowledges a compliment, and we came to Solomonsville in such peace that he would have been astonished at my private thoughts, for I had met no undisguised vagabond nor out-and-out -out tramp whom I did not prefer to Luke Jenks, vote-buyer and politician. With his catchpenny plausibility, his thin-spread good-fellowship, and his New York clothes, he mistook himself for a respectable man, and I was glad to be done with him. I could have reached Thomas that evening, but after our noon dinner let the stage go on, and delayed a night for the sake of seeing the bishop hold service next day, which was Sunday, some few miles down the valley. I was curious to learn the Mormon ritual, and what might be the doctrines that such a man as the bishop would expound. It dashed me a little to find this would cost me forty-eight hours of Solomonsville, no Sunday stage running. But one friendly English-speaking family—the town was chiefly Mexican— 
made some of my hours pleasant, and others I spent in walking. Though I went early to bed, I slept so late that the ritual was well advanced when I reached the Mormon gathering. From where I was obliged to stand I could only hear the preacher, already in the middle of his discourse. "'Don't empty your swill in the dooryard, but feed it to your hogs,' he was saying. And anyone who knows how plainly a man is revealed in his voice could have felt instantly, as I did, that here was undoubtedly a leader of men. "'Rotten meat, rotten corn, spoiled milk, the truck that thoughtless folks throw away should be used. Their usefulness has not ceased because they're rotten. That's the error of the ignorant, who know not that nothing is meant to be wasted in this world. The ignorant stay poor because they break the law of the Lord. Waste not, want not. The children of the Gentiles play in the dooryard and grow sickly and die. The mother working in the house has a pale face and poison in her blood. She cannot be a strong wife. She cannot bear strong sons to the man. He stays healthy because he toils in the field. He does not breathe the tainted air rising from the swill in the dooryard. Swill is bad for us, but it is good for swine. Waste it by the threshold, it becomes deadly, and a curse falls upon the house. The mother and children are sick because she has broken a law of the Lord. Do not let me see this sin when I come among you in the valley. Fifty yards behind each house, with clean air between, let me see the well-fed swine receiving each day, as was intended, the garbage left by man. And let me see flowers in the dooryard, and stout, blooming children. We will sing the twenty-ninth hymn. The scales had many hours ago dropped from my eyes, and I saw Arizona clear, and felt no repining for roses and jasmine. They had been a politician's way of foisting one more silver state upon our Senate, and I willingly renounced them for the real thing I was getting, for my holiday already far outspangled the motliest dream. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.